Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kierens. I'm your host here each and every week as we do our best to introduce you to the artists and designers that help bring your favorite beers and breweries to life. This is episode number 34, 34. On this week's episode, we feature Lauren Grimm of Grimm Owls, owner, designer, brewer, and many other hats. So it's really exciting to have the opportunity. We've been a fan of Grimm for several years now. Being here in the Northeast, we are spoiled with a little more accessibility to Grimm, and my transit to New York City definitely helps with that on a regular basis. Grimm is a nomadic, kind of a gypsy brewer. Uh, they're a husband and wife power couple, and that's that's grim, the two of them, Joe and Lauren, and I really, really admire that. I know as the collective we here at the 16-ounce canvas, I know the work that we put into this each week as a one individual, and this is just a podcast, so I can only imagine not having a physical space, traveling, brewing, Printing, you know, staying out of the red, you know, just like logistic things. And there's been some highs and lows with the brewery. If you've been following along, but we're not going to spoil it off for you. So it is an exciting episode. We are excited that Lauren made the time. Like I said, it's a very exciting period for Grimm. This will go live in the beginning of November. And in December, Grimm will launch their physical space in Brooklyn, New York. So big ups to Brooklyn. Big ups to Grim. I want to thank all of you who take the time each week to join us. The numbers are going up and increasing. And if this is your first time, welcome. We don't bite. We're happy to have you. Very excited if you've not uh, checked it out yet. Uh, we had our kind of first piece of publicity or press, whatever you want to call it, uh, via an article that came out recently. Uh, we, we were interviewed or a piece in um, American Express is kind of lifestyle uh, website, which is featured kind of worldwide. So it's very exciting. It's about you know art and craft beer. And if you, you know, go to our Instagram, you can you can find out more information about that. We can also find out via via Twitter. But it was just really nice to you know be given the the opportunity to speak about the podcast and just kind of about why we're doing it and be seen. And it was exciting. Someone wanted to talk to me like I was uh, kind of knowledgeable on the, on the subject. So by you tuning in each week, I assume that you agree with that also. So we thank you for that, for the encouragement. But it was nice. You can go to amexessentials.com, and the article is called Art and Craft Beer. They talk about, um, you know, they talk about what we're doing here. They also talk uh, to a few other Individuals who have uh, done events as well as collective brewing. It was a really cool style to them. They have every six months, they put out calls for artists from around the world to submit designs for labels. And so they have a kind of a rotating cast of different artists that they utilize, you know, for their beers. So that is really exciting. Again, that's AmexEssentials.com. Really, really excited about that one. And just really, you know, we're really doing great. We're really in a good place. Things are going really well. We'll be announcing, you know what, 
I was going to say we'll be announcing the, the next 12-pack soon, but I just thought, hey, we're here. Let's let's just kind of let's do it ourselves. So here is, uh, in no uh, particular order, the next 12 artists featured here, our next 12-pack of the 16-ounce canvas. But that's called what we call in the business a teaser. So we'll get those to you at the end of the podcast. Sorry, folks. But remember... You can check us out via the World Wide Web, 160zcanvas.com. You can check us out via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you podcast. Please subscribe, click that button, download. If you want to download and not, not listen, you know, every once in a while, that's fine too. It helped with the stats, it helped get us out there. But we'd love to get your reviews, we'd love to get your feedback. So please, 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 please do that. It is greatly appreciated. We are on the Instagram, we are on the Facebook and Twitter. Again, 160ZCanvas. If you want to use the hashtag, pound sign, tic-tac-toe, 160ZCanvas, we will find you and we do appreciate that. If you're an artist or a designer, you're drawn, or you see some cool art that you think we should uh, check out and use that hashtag, through the wonderful world of technology, it will get propagated to the website. It will be featured on the footer of all the pages. So just a little fun technology hook up there for you. So it's definitely a nice little tie-in. We thank you. We appreciate you. But without further ado, episode number 34, Trenta y Quattro, the one and only Lauren Grimm, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Really excited to have with us today, Lauren Grimm, who's checking in from Brooklyn. If you've not heard of Grimm Ales, make sure you check out their website, Grimm with double M, G-R-I-M-M, ales.com. They're expanding and things are going really great. We're really excited given all the craziness that is Grimm right now. We appreciate Lauren making the time to join us. Hi, Lauren. How are you doing Hi, today? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. So um, Lauren and I have been playing phone tag for several. Well, the tag's going well, but just uh, as you, if you haven't gone to the website and seen Grim is expanding, they're finally you know, going to have their own physical space. So I can only imagine the the craziness that is your life right now. It uh, it has been insane. Um, I think uh, you know running running our current business and then building out our first production facility. There's been a lot to handle, but um, we're looking forward to opening sometime in December. Oh, that's great news! So it's coming right up. Yeah, we're yeah we're talking right at the right right before Halloween, and so this will probably run in mid November, and yeah, that's really that, that'll hopefully be good uh, leading into the to the exciting exciting launch. So how are how are things? <laughs> Definitely, um, good. Yeah, I mean, um, we've uh, been through our trials and tribulations, but I think we're coming out on uh, on the other end finally, and and uh, are excited to you know, launch our brewery and um, just keep working and tinkering the way we've always done. Yeah. Now, if you've, I'm, being in the Northeast, I'm probably a little more, I have a little more access to, to Grimm than some other folks do. And it's a really, it's a great brewery. They make, you know, awesome IPAs, great sours. One of my favorites is the, you know, the double negative. It was, have had the the maple version, which is amazing. So it's just really, like I said, if you haven't checked them out, please make sure you head on over. They're on the social sites, you know, Grim Owls. You can also find them on uh, Instagram. And so 
they're everywhere they should be and they're they're doing a great job so really again thank you so much for, for making the time thank you so one of the things i like in, in learning about this story i mean and they're also grim is a we consider yourself a, well currently a, a gypsy brewery is that the or nomadic i think you guys use nomadic when you describe it yeah um basically uh you know about five years ago now um my husband and i uh started up grim artisanal yells as a nomadic brewery where we travel around to um existing commercial breweries to brew beer um we basically are you know out of town half of the month uh in virginia and staten island and um, you know, various other breweries over time, uh, brewing the wort and uh, casting the beer into the fermenter, and we'll leave it on site to ferment for a few weeks and package it up and ship it, you know, to New York and Massachusetts and a bunch of other locations across the U.S. Yeah, that's great. I always think, I think it's very smart too, especially with someone with your, you know, art background and cultural to get to get to experience all these different, um, you know, ingredients from the local areas and also meet the, the people. So it just adds another layer of, a of appreciation to the, to the brewery. We interviewed, uh, Carl from Omnipolio and I, I, pardon me, was wondering if they did that more so they could travel the world as part of the, uh, as part of the, the process. So I think it's great. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Now, if we could take a step back, you know, you're, you, you've studied art, uh, the reason we're talking to Lauren, and one of the cool things, it's a, I think it's a pretty unique uh, story, as you know. But we would love to learn about you as a as an artist. Um, you know, you do. If I'm my memory serves me correctly, you do about half of the the labels for the bottles and the, and the cans. So, can you just kind of take us back? There's a great you know about section on the on their website, but just kind of about you, you know, getting into art and how you got to to where you are today. I know you've traveled, you know, school in Rhode Island and Chicago and you know, world traveling. So I would just, just love to hear the Lauren story. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been uh, making artwork in one way or another for my entire life. Um, studied it in college um, when I was at Brown uh, in Rhode Island and then went on to an MFA at the Art Institute of Chicago, um, which uh, I think basically, you know, Joe and I, both have art backgrounds and um you know creativity and tinkering and novelty just have always been a part of our lives um both on uh you know as we we structured our careers as artists and then uh later on got more into food and fermentation and and then eventually started our brewery so um you know for for most of my life, I was making sculpture, and um, that came in many different forms, um, installation, um, you know, uh, various um, performance pieces and video, and uh, I was kind of all over the place. Um, and, uh, you know, I think one of the reasons why I do really love doing a lot of the artwork for our brewery is that it gives me a chance to kind of delve back into that kind of visual aesthetic that um, I had been cultivating, you know, for, for my whole life. Yeah. I, I, and I think they're, 
I really, I really enjoy them. They're very vivid. You know, I think they're um, very you know, creative and, and unique. You know, they're definitely I, kind of abstract. And I, I really, I really was drawn. Like the foundation of what we're doing is because you know the idea of these now being catching the eye and kind of marketing and branding. And I know being in the city quite regularly for my you know, day job. You know, there's different bottle shops and whatnot, and the grim bottles and cans would always stick out to me you know i was kind of drawn to that and then you know once you get to that point and get to enjoy what's inside it's a whole nother another art form inside so that's really it's really just exciting to me to to be able to, i like i said i'm a little spoiled being able to to go to the city uh we don't get it in connecticut but we you know like i said i'm in new york fairly regularly yeah i think um you know i i've been uh more of an interdisciplinary artist and um so i think it, it wasn't even really that, uh, you know, big of a, a leap to go from from making uh, artwork on a, you know, daily basis to making beer on a daily basis and running a company. It kind of felt like it was, um, you know, using a lot of the skills that I had already uh, been using and simply transforming that into a slightly different um mentality yeah and i i think that's one of the things i've been the uh, underlying theme or a common theme with a lot of the artists we've spoken to is the the daily regiment i think that just creating something every day you know whatever that quote you know think is i think that has really helped people to 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 be successful just kind of that mentality yeah. and just loving to create something and, and then I always wonder what, you know, what's being created and they have these sketchbooks and design you know, pieces that don't even come to the you know, public light. And so I just, that, that to me is really great just to always be creating and trying to put something you know, out there. So you're probably doing that uh, yeah. six times a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I think also having, having the, you know, art that I do, whether it's for the cans or bottles um, or, you know, developing recipes, it, uh, you know, doing this through our business has meant that I have these very structured deadlines. <laughs> so it really um, forces me to have this daily regimen of um, of creativity, which uh, is is a really good thing to have because otherwise, you know, sometimes I can spend too much time, uh, you know, kind of rethinking things or uh, making you know slightly different decisions and. And maybe a project would draw on uh, through time, but you know, with say a label for a can, I'll just sit down in the morning and um, start drawing. And by the end of the day, I've submitted the label to uh, to the to the printer. Um, so it's <laughs> it really like uh, condenses, you know, everything into these you know moments of uh, in intensity. Uh, for sure. Now, what is your what is your your process when creating? How do you bring those to life? Like, are you? I mean, there are definitely different styles throughout the the grim labels, but how are you creating that? Are you drawing, painting, or what, what's going on? Um, you know, I think that one aspect of our beer labels that um is is you know I think they change a lot. Um, each label is really distinct and different from the next. But one thing that is the through line is that there um, is a hand-drawn quality to it. Um, 
I, when I started, you know, doing our beer labels, I taught myself how to do Adobe Illustrator um, because that's, you know, how you have to submit your labels to the printer um, with uh, vector files. And so, uh, you know, at first I was simply taking hand-drawn images and putting them into the computer, scanning them, and not doing that much manipulation once it was in the printer, I mean, sorry, in the computer. Um, So it was really just a a way for me to get a file to the printer. Um, But at this point, I think as I've learned more about uh, using Illustrator, I uh, use that program a lot more to create imagery and manipulate it in various ways um, that I think has has brought uh, maybe like, it, it feels like it's brought more complexity to what I've been able to do, especially when it comes to using the label paper or the can as um, an aspect of the design. Um, so like letting the metallic parts show through or, um, you know, using it in different ways to, to create the final product. Yeah. Yeah. That was my next question. I think that I've noticed a lot is the usage of the actual aluminum as a, like a color to give it, you know, to give it a different level of depth, which I, I really enjoy with, with your cans. I think it's really it's really smart. I, again, the more I do this, I learn about, you know, at, at times, depending on the, the printer or, you know, the style is the limitation on color, you know, having to work with, you know, maybe a, a smaller palette than you would like. And so I think the utilization of, of the, of the colors, especially the aluminum is a, is a kind of a great trick that I think is becoming more and more uh, utilized. And I really love, I love, especially on the, uh, a Wogam, I think that's probably how you uh, Woga, excuse me, the, the that can that one is awesome with the aluminum. Oh, thanks. Yeah, um, yeah, that's like one of those labels where I was like, Joe and I were actually tra- we were we were on the road traveling and making beer, and I was like, oh man, I've got to I've got to turn in this label so we can, you know, print it on time and um, and <laughs> have everything on schedule, um, so we can package our beer, and. Um, so I was just, uh, you know, in um, in our hotel room in Virginia, uh, sketching out uh, imagery. And I actually, I mean, this just like goes to show how every every label has a slightly different process. I actually with Luca, I didn't even have a scanner. I took a cell phone photo of my drawings and um, translated it into a file. Um, just by taking a cell phone photo of my drawing and then eventually uh, making it into the final label. Technology is amazing, right? It's just uh, that, 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 yeah. that, that you can even do that. That you just, yeah. Oh wait, there's I have another deadline today. I have to get this out. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, impressive. Definitely. Yeah. I uh, mean, I think that in general, um, that's the way that, I mean, Joe and I, like this whole company has just been the two of us. We don't have anyone else. Um, I mean, eventually we will once we open our production space, but um, for five years, it's just been the two of us going back and forth with ideas and ideas about beer, ideas about labels, um, and, you know, uh, all of the other aspects of of running a company. 
um, but it makes things um, happen, able to happen really quickly. Whenever we've worked with, you know, on collaboration, say with a larger brewery, and um, and um, we see that, you know, that that brewery might have a lot more people working for them, they're able to do a lot more. Um, and um, but at the same time, it takes it takes time for everything to go through the various, um, you know, decision making uh, moments. And um, everything just takes longer. When so for the two of us, it's just been these like really quick decisions um, that keep us being um, creative and always changing and um, able to just uh, throw together labels and uh, recipes and you know um, anything else that we need to. Yeah, the red tape. The red tape is uh right. Yeah, is your is your your partner so it makes it makes it easier it's just kind of a yeah one one more person to convince versus going through a, a funnel or a chain of of a process and so that's that's exciting you know the the immediacy of it and the all hands on all hands on deck so i definitely uh, i definitely applaud what you're doing i know that you know it's been really successful and i i think that will continue especially as you know you have a kind of a home base now will you still plan to to brew other places or will that we kind of just try to change the model a little bit? Um, well, I think for the most part, we're planning to change the model. <laughs> um, it's actually going to be, you know, a pretty big shift. Um, we're, we're going to be taking all of our production in house, um, producing all of our beer in Brooklyn, um, unless, uh, you know, I don't know, for some odd reason, um, that's not possible, but we basically have, have, um, with our, with our equipment in our Brooklyn facility, we've replicated, you know, the, uh, capacity that we're using right now. Um, so we should be able to do everything in house and I think we're going to be doing a lot more, um, barrel aged sours, which is something that we've always wanted to be putting out um in uh you know more of a consistent manner um we do small amounts of barrel aged sours right now um but they're only in kegs and we've never been able to package them on a bottling line um due to the restrictions of of the mobile uh bottler who helps us out um so i think we're really excited to get our own bottling line and um, create a whole new design aesthetic for our barrel-aged sours. And um, yeah, excited to put those out in the world. Yeah, I'm excited. I have, a big, I have a big smile on my face. I'm like, that's great news. So selfishly, I'm, I'm <laughs> even happier, right? It's a, no, will there be, a, will there be like a, a tap room in that whole thing as well? What's the, yeah. what's the layout going to be like? Um. We have a very open floor plan. Um, so the production space, you know, is is the is most of the um, brewery, and then in the front we'll have a tap room. But there's no wall in between, so it's just um, very <laughs> very open. Um, you can see all of our equipment. Um, the bar faces Metropolitan Avenue um, in Williamsburg, and um, 
it'll look out uh, through windows. Um, just we have a lot of windows, a lot of light, and a very open floor plan. Um, it's looking really good. That's exciting. Yeah, I love a. I th- I love that when you can kind of see what the you know. I keep saying behind the curtain, but I just think it's great when you you know kind of see how things are made and you're right there and have that level of you know I guess level of intimacy with the brewery. I think it that those are my favorites. So I think that's great that it's actually you got to that point and I, it's exciting now. I know with it being nomadic previously that there's always this, a lot of the beers that were made, you know, could be just kind of one time only. Do you think that this will allow you to bring back some other beers that maybe haven't been able to keep making or is that still up in the air how that's going to go? Um, well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the decision to put out different beers all the time is um, it's a, uh, I think it just is based on, um, you know, Joe and my own, uh, method of, of putting, um, you know, anything out into the world. I think we're people who always are looking for, you know, the next thing or, um, you know, excited about learning new techniques or, uh, using new ingredients and processes and, so I think that's one of the reasons why we put out new beers all the time. Um, and I think that will definitely continue when we're at a brick and mortar facility in Brooklyn. Um, I think that's just a part of, of how we interact with the world. Um, so I think we, you know, along the line of, um, you know, just figuring things out as we go. <laughs> I mean, it basically, I think the way that we've operated as a brewery has just been, you know, okay, let's make things, let's, you know, experiment and do whatever we want. And if, um, you know, something's, if we like it, then we'll keep going with it. If we think it needs to change, we'll change it. Um, and so I think that that idea of being nimble and um, changing and growing is, is something that will right now like yeah we're gonna you know keep uh you know making uh new beers every every time we brew and um doing these like limited edition batches you know who knows (laughs) once we once we start up you know maybe things will slightly change and in um new directions well, I, yeah, I like that. So basically, I, I, my, if you reword my question, I, I said, my, you know, my, you don't limit yourself to only the same beers. So I think that would kind of go, go against the whole, you know, mantra of you know what Grim is and what has become is you know adaptive and changing and adventurous. And so I, I look for, I look forward to the new beers. I think that's that's one of the the good things about it. If there's not that okay, we have these core five or six beers, and that's really all you'll see from us. So. Yeah, I guess yeah. I kind of answer my own question by when I really think about it, but it's just it's just exciting that it's finally to see that that that, that happen and where you guys have really grown from. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's kind of it's a little bit scary. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can I can about... only I can only imagine the scary factor. I think that's just inferred, you know, especially uh, yeah, I can only I can only imagine. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, um you know, I think we have this idea of, you know, where we're going and what we're going to be doing. And, and it might 
be really different from what people know uh, um, know about our brand and know about our brewery. Um, you know, I, right now we do a lot of Berliner Weisse style uh, beers, and you know that's probably going to change significantly in, in the in the next you know few years as we as we grow into our Brooklyn space. Um, you know, I think we definitely will be putting out those beers somewhat, but um, you know, our packaging formats are going to change. Our labels will slightly change. The beers are going to change. You know, we do want to definitely keep making a lot of IPAs, but we really want to be working more on, um, on various, you know, barrel aged sours and, um, and, you know, uh, you know, quicker kind of, um, uh, stainless fermented sours, but the beers will be, will be slightly different. <laughs> we'll bring it on. Well, we welcome, we welcome that. Is your, so I can tell you, you have some level of concern about that, that if you think, well, I mean, I love the Berliners, so they're one of my favorites, but I definitely, that makes sense given the fact that you now have a foundational place that you can actually age things and not be limited to outside resources. So, I mean, yeah, it only makes sense. And I think that that's the evolution of, of your palate or what you guys enjoy. So that's exciting. I think it's maybe it's more like, you know, we in general have, have made slight changes um, incrementally over time and um, moving into our production facility will be a more, it, it'll be a more drastic shift um, in a shorter period of time and we'll be, you know, um, producing different beers uh, in a more kind of like rapid fashion if that makes sense um so I think maybe that's like you know I'm more of like a an incremental uh <laughs> um development kind of person somebody who likes to make small tweaks to things and um but continue in in a similar fashion and I think um when we open our when we open our own spot in Brooklyn it'll be um one of the bigger changes in in our brewery's life. Well, just a new chapter, right? So it's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it will be long. I, I can, you know, it'll go great. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back. You are still listening to the 16-ounce canvas the Art of Craft Beer Podcast, episode number 34, featuring Lauren Grimm of Grimm Owls. Trenta y cuatro. So what I love about this story, and just in general, is Grimm is the hard work. I mean, again, I know I said it before, but two people wearing several different hats and you know, maybe they're not hat people, you know, maybe, you know, I know I like to wear, you know, a nice trucker hat once in a while. Maybe we'll get some hats made. Maybe there's grim hats. I don't know, but it's a shitty metaphor sometimes. But anyway, 
being a brewer, then designer, running a business, traveling, logistics, it's really impressive. And I think that one of the things that I did not expect when we started doing this was really learning more about the entrepreneurial spirit and the hard work and passion that these folks have. You kind of admire it from afar and you see, you kind of, all right, that looks cool and the, you know, I can still get their stuff, so it means they must be doing well. You know, well obviously is a relative term, but you know, there's been some definitely some stuff that you know has gone wrong, or you could have gone better, and you could have uh, you know derailed the whole operation. You know, and so perseverance, hard work, dedication, and trying to go down a path that's not you know the safe you know safe route so i just love i love that i love everyone who makes that decision you know they have their two roads moment and they and they make that decision and i really and i really admire that it's uh it's not easy and there's a lot of times in life when it's easier to take the safer route to not take that chance to kind of you know hit pause or you know just kind of do you be and just go back. So, again, so I'm really happy. Uh, as we mentioned before, they'll have a new physical space, production space. It's all their own in Brooklyn, you know, in December of 2017. And, hey, hopefully you listen to this in the future. Maybe somebody's listening to this in the year 2018. Who knows? But you should, wherever you're, you're listening to it, Grim Owls, G-R-I-M-M-A-L-E-S dot com. You should go there and you'll see all the great news about the new Grim location. And it's exciting. So I wish them nothing but the best. And I said it's inspiring because we all have days when you want to give up and you see folks who've put their whole self into something. I mean, they named the brewery after themselves. So, I mean, that, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's a lot of pressure right there. You know, if I had, like, Kieran's Brewery, I'd feel, I'd feel a lot of pressure. A, because I'd probably be really shitty at making the beer. But I definitely would know a few artists at least could help with the, the label. So, you'd probably buy it and then realize it's shitty. And then maybe not buy it again or kind of give you some feedback and tell me, hey, you should make a better product. But. You're listening to the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. We thank everybody who's joining us here each and every week. We are having a great time. We're getting new followers by the day. And so if you're new here, maybe this is one of your first episodes and you haven't, you know, checked this out before. Like I said, at the end of the show, we're going to announce, you know, the next 12 artists for you. But we have some amazing artists that have been part of the the 16-ounce the family so far. So, you know, dive in wherever you're finding us. You know, go to the beginning we started in April of 2017, and we've been going strong ever since. So really excited to be able to share these great stories with you, these great adventures. And, you know, this is probably our first one where somebody was an owner, brewer, and designer for a brewery. So it's really exciting. We least, you know, all these different variations and relationships and where things are. We always think, oh, this is a first. We've never seen this before. We've never seen this before. And so we're at episode number 34, and this is another first for us. So it's really just uh, it's a really great you know, great feeling. So who knows? Who knows what next week's episodes will hold? But we're excited for that opportunity. We're excited for that 
insight and we're just kind of excited to see where it takes us once we start each episode you know we have a framework of where we'll go but we're definitely uh kind of you know where we're going we don't need roads so that's really where we're at so let's get right back into it episode number 34 last chapter of the interview or i guess the last segment for you lauren grim grim owls 16 ounce canvas that's right here we go Enjoy. Now, can you uh, give some inf- info or insight into the, the logo, the, the Grim logo? Is that something that you yeah. designed? Um, it is. Uh, yeah, that was just um, Joe and I were, were starting up and we needed a logo and I just sketched out a bunch of different possibilities and that was the one we landed on. It actually um, started out as a kind of um, geometric uh, form of the word grim. And um, and then I uh, reflected that. So there became two grims on top of each other. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I kind of like it in this other direction. <laughs> so, so then I turned it um, the, you know, 90 degrees and that ended up being our logo. Um, and I think very few people uh, see that it actually used to be the word grim and came from that, um, you know, originally. Yeah, I have a yeah, I have a, a buddy who's a he's a I would say he's a grim super fan, right? And so, yeah, he 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 dropped it on me, but I was like, well, I'm talking to Lauren. I'm going to ask. I think I'm pretty sure that's what it is, but I, I, it's very unique and but it's. If you look at it, right, the circles, the G, the actually, I don't even know how to describe the little things, but it's like a little mountain is the, is the R, <laughs> the double R with the, the small I, and then the the diamonds making the the M's. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, big shout out to Nick. He's a like I said, he's a he's a grim super fan. So he's definitely been steering the the direction of that one. So that's exciting. So, so. Um, yeah, so what was I going to say? I got excited about that question. I totally uh, drew a blank there. So, <laughs> now, one one of the stories that I think that was kind of was a was a bummer, or I guess is, was sad was was the the launch of the brewery has been a little delayed, right, due to the, some of the issues that with the I guess some of the the tanks uh, because of a fire. Is that is that correct? Um, not exactly. Um, well, I mean. I think the delays have come from many different um, directions, but uh, what you're referencing is actually that we had purchased um, brewing equipment and then the um, equipment manufacturer actually went out of business, um, but was, you know, I hadn't yet uh, um, finished our equipment. So it, was uh, <laughs> a big surprise and um, there were actually a bunch of other breweries in Brooklyn uh, who were kind of in the same boat right, so, but, um, yeah. right. barrier yeah I, yeah. Had, yeah I had the uh, power source it was really yeah we made sure we got that to you know, <laughs> to help out but yeah I definitely I think when I was yeah, up in smoke I think it was literally a, more of a metaphor there but yeah it definitely was a 
I don't, I don't need to tell you. I felt it was a really shitty situation. So I'm just glad that it was definitely, it was a rough time, um, for us. And, uh, thankfully we are, you know, we came through and it was great to, you know, put out that beer power source with barrier and, um, see all the people who came out to support us. Um, it was a wonderful day. I gotta, yeah, and I gotta say, I mean, we've we've never met, so I, but I mean, you, you just have a really, I mean, I can just feel you're smiling and you're very positive and upbeat person. So I think that's one of the things that I think people really are drawn to. I think that the energy of of the brewery is is a very positive, you know. So I'm excited for that to be brought to Brooklyn, which is a it's a great place. So that's exciting to see. Yeah, I think um, you know when when everything happened with our equipment and we realized that um, we were going to have this delay and, you know, at a certain point in time, we actually weren't sure if we would open at all after that happened. And, and I, all through, you know, the process, we were just like, no, we're going to, we're going to make this happen. We're going to do it. Um, Let's just figure out how it's not about this stopping us. It's just about figuring out um, a new way. And I think that's just always been our mentality with everything that we've done. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that that does not kill us, makes us stronger. Right. And so I think it's part of the story and it'll make it, you know, make it appreciate, you know, make you appreciate things a little more, but it's definitely knowing, knowing, like I said, like the, my, the history and what I did know and, and enjoying that. And so the, the excitement was there. And then to, to read that was a, uh, I'm just glad that we're at this point now. We're saying December, and, and not that you know it's delayed for for the future. But like I said, your your positivity, and you know, like I said, you can see it in the artwork. It's very vibrant and colorful and full of life. And I think it, you know, I think it, it brings that brings that uh, to the brewery, and, and it resonates. Yeah. Now, how do you come up with the names for the beers? Because they're definitely unique names, and I, I think that that's I find that really interesting. Um, the naming of the beer, every, you know, every beer has a different process. Sometimes Joe and I just have kind of name jams where we'll, one of us will say, okay, we've got to come up with a new name. And then we'll just sit there and go back and forth with, you know, riffing off of each other's ideas. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm like trying to, to think about, um, different beer names, but, um, yeah, it, we also have this ongoing uh, list of of beer names that we just come up with every now and then, and we'll be like, "Oh, that would be a really good beer name. Let's put it on the list." Um, called uh, beer name brainstorming. <laughs> it's funny because we started that like five years ago, and it's just been this ongoing list of of possibilities. Um, so sometimes if we if we really can't think of a, a name in a certain moment, we'll we'll go and kind of um look through that list and bring ourselves back to uh you know, uh, different names that we thought were, were cool over time. Oh, that'd be a cool list to check out, yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. It's like trying to name your kids. That was well, my kids. Uh, we named Matthew Meese. That was a, that was a cheat. But I mean, I can only I can only imagine trying to name all these beers. And because you're kind of with so many beers, and they're all you you know unique yeah. every time, so that makes it even harder. So I can only I can only imagine that that be a be a fun process. But it definitely uh, 
can be a little, I guess not stressful, but definitely you're trying to have fun with it. But at that point, you're probably just like, okay, we have the beer ready. We have the label. We need a name. So let's, yeah, let's do it. Now, does, the well, name, does, name, actually, does name impact your art? It, it, yeah. The, the, beer, the, the beer style and, you know, um, recipe comes first. Um, yeah, and right. then the name and then the label. So we always have the name uh, ready before we have the label. Yeah, that makes um, sense. I, that was another one of those things. Like that just didn't sound like a right process. Um, now, now you have a few that are come up. Is you, know, you have the pop series, and you have a few others that are kind of a, a series. How does how do you make that distinction? Whether it's is it based on the the ingredients or the um, recipes of the beer? Yeah. So um, the pop series is uh, what we've been calling a dessert Berliner Weisse. Um it's a sour beer, um, soured and stainless, and it always has milk sugar or lactose, and it always has vanilla. Um, so the idea came from the idea, you know, of a popsicle. So we were like, oh, uh, we want to make a beer that, you know, tastes like, a, you know, a, a creamsicle kind of, um, but do it in a lot of different, uh, with a lot of different ingredients. and. And um, so those beers often have fruit in them, but we've also made a few that are dry hopped um, pop beers, uh, which I think kind of like similar to the the fruited uh, pop beers are focused on the aromatics and the uh, floral and fruity characteristics of the hops. So we felt like that kind of went in line with um, with the the rest of the kind of fruit character that that the other beers were getting. Okay. Um, then we also have, I mean, Joe and I like you know we have different series that I'm actually not even sure if, if people really even understand, um, <laughs> like our naming our naming conventions. Um, so we have like a a series uh, with the word super in them. Um, and that is always a, a goza. Um, so it'll, you know, I think they're for the most part um, dry hopped gozas. Um, so anything that has the word super in it is a goza. <laughs> like we have super shine, super right. you, um, super going, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm like trying to think. It, I, you know, it's, I think uh, along the line of, of us just, being this brewery that is two people and we are constantly um, changing and and putting out new stuff and doing a million different things at the same time. Um, half the time I actually, I'm like, what, uh, what was that beer like that I just drew the label for yesterday? Um, what's the name of it? Like, what's the name of the beer? we're brewing tomorrow like half the time i can't even uh remember any of this stuff but well, um well yeah you need you need to reallocate all your so brain quickly. your brain resources pretty quickly to other things it's not like you can just yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah um are there any other series i'm like trying to yeah i was trying to remember now, how would you describe as a as an artist your your aesthetic? I, it's a is our cringeworthy question, but we do ask it for everybody. So I think I was, as I say, I was 
I'm very proud to have a, an art-based word in my questions. And so I, I, people hate it and people love it, but I just was curious if you felt you had an aesthetic in terms of your, your label art or. Hmm. Let me think about that. Um, the, well, I think that in general, um, with any artwork that I've ever done, I'm, I'm always adapting to a situation. Um, so say I would be making an installation, I'm adapting that um, artwork to the, you know, uh, space that the installation is, you know, going into. So if it's a specific gallery or, you know, outdoor space or room, um, you know, the idea is to adapt the materials and the um, design to that particular space. And I think similarly with the labels that I do, um, it's also kind of a, a the same idea. So um, when I'm doing uh, a can label, I really am thinking about something that is 360 degrees that can be seen from all sides. Um, that isn't just a, even though it's a two-dimensional image, it's something that um, eventually goes on to a three-dimensional object. With the bottle labels, it's a little bit different because the label is really only seen from the front. Um, so I think of that as a, as a two-dimensional space. Um, and then I think for for the various beers um, that we do, I I don't know. I like I want to. It's funny because like on the one hand, I think that I do a bunch of different styles, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> which I mean, and you might not even know. So we also my friend Greta Johnson, who is an artist in Brooklyn, also does a lot of our labels. So she's you know, I might be doing 50%, but she's also doing uh, the other 50%. And we have different um, styles of our own. But um, I think within the ones that I do, you know, the pop series has a very identifiable um, kind of aesthetic that I, I decided on an aesthetic for that series. And then I've been developing that over time with each beer that we put out, which is a different aesthetic than... Um, I mean, I'm trying to like, like our can labels. I do a lot of our can labels and um, those are, you know, have a slightly different, like, you know, they're very loud and bright, but maybe I want to say more geometric. Um, I mean, the pop series is just like so specific. It's like the idea of an explosion or just like, it's, at least that's what it started out as. I think at this point, I'm like, oh, it has clouds in it. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, yeah, maybe it's like um, if I could think more about my my label style, it would be very graphic, geometric, but with a lot of hand-drawn elements um repetition um and kind of like a bright uh loud and fun aesthetic i mean that's not very that's so general no um, and it's fine other people have just said to me 
my aesthetic is I have no aesthetic. So they're kind of like, so I, I appreciate even, um, I have no aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, well, they, right. They're like, well, I'm trying to create because I think what's different for for uh, in your situation, others are creating for somebody else. So they're you know, they may be contracted out for a certain number of labels. You know, they're not necessarily an employee of the brewery. And so I think that with you know your your where you are and you know being a founder, brewer, designer, you know, um, probably architect and a few other things that you know <laughs> are. Aren't on, your, aren't on the resume right now, but you know, you have a multiple multitude of hats to wear. And so I think that that is, makes it, you know, interesting. It's a, it's a lifelong vision. And so other folks are trying to be adaptive and bring, you know, someone else's vision to life. So I, I do agree. Yeah. Uh, the repetition, which I love because you're the three, the three dimensional aspect of the cans. Yeah. I, I, you also use the, uh, metal, you know, of the cans pretty well. I've been, I was looking at a few of them on the, the Instagram before and, you know, the, the striking that, you know, the newer can that just came out and I think, uh, cloud, one of the clouds, I just drew a blank on that one, but that uses it. Oh, cloud busting. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I do, I do really like that. So I appreciate you for entertaining yeah. that question. It's, it's, I, I apologize for the painfulness of it. But like I said, uh, having not being an <laughs> art background, I do ask it. It was I was trying to come up with my, my 10, my 10 questions. And I was quite proud of that one, but the, <laughs> the, the awkwardness and the cringes I get continue to, uh, increase over time. So now I feel like I have to ask it just because I asked it to the others and I've had, you know, I've had folks listen and go, Oh, you're going to ask me that question. Aren't you? I'm like, yeah, I asked the last, last interview. You got that. So folks try to sneak out of it. So I, I apologize. Um, it's funny though. Cause like now that I'm, now that I'm thinking through all of this, I'm like, oh, Sky Space. That was like when I was, I had never watched Star Trek before. And I was like, oh, yeah, Star Trek, the next generation. This is like such the, the um, you know, set design is so amazing. Right. <laughs> and, um, and I was like really inspired by uh, Star Trek, the next generation. Um, and then... <laughs> And then, uh, let's see, I'm like going through your names. Oh, I think the pop series kind of like, and with, um, power source, those were both kind of power source, especially was like inspired by like trapper keepers and a little bit of Lisa Frank and, uh, and in some other like, you know, nineties, uh, TV shows, but, um, but yeah, I think it, it all just kind of like depends on what I'm looking at at the time, I think. Yeah, that kind of fits to the motif of the, the brewery, what we were saying before. It's how you're trying to you know, always change and not, not always actively try to change, but being open to, to change or where you are. So I think that makes sense that you're, like I said, yeah, if you put all these labels together, even mentioning your friend Gretchen, like there's still not a, they're not all to, you, know, you couldn't say, okay, this is, I couldn't pick out yours from, from you know they're all different which i really like you know that they're yours but they're all different so that, that versatility is pretty great yeah excellent all right um one more question which is, is gonna be way less painful at least i hope so um in my former life i was a did some radio i was a disc jockey so i'm always curious when you're creating do you have certain styles of music or, or bands you're listening to or do you prefer you know silence and you know kind of serenity when you're creating what's what's going on when when you're putting on work on these labels 
you know, I I think that it. Um, hmm. Well, okay, I think in making art in general, um, when it's been uh, more of like a, um, when I've had a life that was very much rooted in a studio practice um, in which I'm, you know, uh, making, uh, you know, sculptures or uh, designing things. I think um, podcasts are really great. Um, All right. And, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, but but that's because I'm like in a mode of of doing something with my body and my hand um, that doesn't involve parts of my brain, you know. <laughs> so that part, those other parts of my brain, can like focus on a podcast. But at this moment in time, because I'm just like operating at a really um fast pace and doing a million things at the same time and trying you know like I'm trying to bust out labels as quickly as possible while you know like balancing our budget or something like that <laughs> I uh I'm um I I think my my brain is like very much uh working on things so I Joe and I actually we have this um, playlist um, that we call spa music. Um, and <laughs> basically it's just like the most, um, you know, kind of like balanced uh, spa type um, music that you can ever think of. Like we're really into listening to Harold Bud um, while um while uh, working on on various projects <laughs> no that's great yeah because what we'll do is we'll, we'll on the you know on the underbeds of some of the the segments we'll we'll play some of the music so we always like to ask that to kind of customize the the podcast episode oh cool so yeah we'll, we'll find some good spa music and you know relax we'll light some incense and we'll just get real chill so it'll be good yeah <laughs> excellent now uh you know i I, one of the questions is current projects, but I think that we've uh, we've addressed that. You have uh, your hands full. Will, will, but will the new uh, brewery? Will there be uh, any? You mentioned installations. Are you going to be doing any art in the in the brewery? You know, any murals or any pieces of yours that will be featured there? Um, you know, I think um, the brewery will develop um, our immediate uh kind of idea about the aesthetic is that it's focusing on um you know like the wood of the you know wine barrels that are we we use for barrel aged beer and um the stainless tanks and there's a lot of um light in the space um Greta, um, again, my friend who does a lot of our labels, um, is uh, made some custom wallpaper for um, for the bathroom area. But there's actually not because we have we decided on this open floor plan with no walls really. I mean, we have walls around bathrooms, we have walls around the boiler room. But um, other than that, there are very few walls and where, you know, the four walls that actually make up the building um, as a structure are, you know, covered with, 
it will be, you know, blocked by um, by oak barrels and um, other uh, brewery uh, kind of production stuff. So there isn't a lot of wall space for artwork to actually hang. Um, but Greta did do some amazing wallpaper for our bathrooms, and um, I think other than that, we're just going to have to to see how. Um, how things develop at a certain point in time, Joe and I, we were thinking about um, uh, sound uh, in the space and um, all of the hard surfaces that, you know, voices can reflect off of and create kind of um, uh, overbearing, um, you know, uh, loud uh, kind of tap room experiences so we were thinking oh it would be really cool if we did um basically a ceiling installation made out of um you know sound foam um that would both uh be something really cool to look at but also um actually have the the use of you know having uh the sound dampening qualities but i'm not sure if that's happening immediately or ever we'll have to see if that comes to fruition well i think that given the evolution and uh, how things evolve you know to have to have options for for future kind of tweaks and customization would would be very fitting so that makes sense i think right now the focus right is just getting the brewery open so it's probably it's probably enough of a priority and uh, stress for you both <laughs> definitely well I thank you so much. I really appreciate you making the time, especially given the the fact that, you know, you're what, less than 45 days or so away from, from the big launch. So that's really exciting. And we wish you guys the nothing but the best. It's really, really happy, happy to see it. Thank you so much. It's been great talking to you. Awesome. And one other thing, I mean, in the future, obviously to add to your other roles, I, I think that some of the art would be great as, as prints. And I know I would love that. So if that's ever an option, I definitely think you guys should explore that. I'd love to have some of your art hanging on the, the walls here at the studio. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's been one of, uh, one of those things where I've been like, Oh yeah, I gotta like, uh, kind of reformat that to be, to be a print and then never get around to it. But, um, Hopefully at some point I'll have a bit more time and can can make that happen. Well, I look forward to it. I'll uh, sign me up. So there's definitely some some great ones that would look really cool. Thanks. All right. Well, Lauren, thank you so much, and uh, I look forward to to visiting the the new brewery. So we're definitely we'll be watching for that. And like I said, for folks at home, uh, Grim Ales on Instagram, two M's G R I M M. Ales, and you can also go to GrimAles.com, find all the information there, follow along, get ready for the next chapter and a great adventure. So thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you. All right, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. And there you have it, folks. Lauren Grim, Grim Ales, right here on the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. And like I said, wishing them nothing but the best and success in this new new adventure, this new chapter. I do apologize. Sometimes I ask questions and I sound kind of dumb. I did know that it was not a fire in regards to the, the tanks and the issues there. I think I was just thinking metaphorically and sometimes the brain makes the mouth say the words. 
and you just kind of kind of roll with it. So, but there you have it, folks. GrimAls.com, 16OunceCanvas.com. The music this week, you're probably wondering, or you were wondering, and hopefully it makes a little more sense to you now. We went with the kind of chill spa music that uh, Lauren and Jill listened to, Harold Budd. But one of the things that's always cool, and it would be fun to include this in part of our, you know, Spotify, you know, playlist for our third 12-pack. Uh, you know, that'd be out probably sometime next month or so. But I found myself sitting here, and what I do is I try to find the music, and I download it, and I, you know, overdub it, and, you know, do that whole fun piece of it. But I really like when I'm turned on to something new or just a new band or musician or experience and I found myself for long periods of time just sitting back relaxing listening to the spa music now what we're hearing right now is Harold uh, Bud and Brian Eno Eno excuse me and they have two albums that I've kind of discovered the Plateau of Mirror being one of them which are just incredible so Thanks to the uh, the Grimms. Not only are they uh, brewers, designers, entrepreneurs. Brewers, designers, entrepreneurs. Yep. But they're DJing, so we thank them for uh, helping make this possible. So we uh, always get uh, enjoy new music and new experiences, and that will definitely be something that we we go back to. So we do appreciate that. And like I said, We're here each and every week doing our part to introduce you to the artists and designers that help bring your favorite beers and breweries to life, learn about their process, whether it's traditional, whether it's unconventional, creative, modern, whatever it is, we're here. We're here to teach you, share, learn from each other, and we're having a great time doing it. So it's not just about... A beer podcast. It's really about the artist. As we've said many times, we'll continue to say so. We are beer agnostic. We just have been selfishly you know, interviewing artists who are part of breweries that we really love and care about. So we're having a great time with that. We will keep you updated. Follow us on our social sites. You'll find out when we do make our first appearance at you know the Grim headquarters in Brooklyn. And we look forward to sharing that with you. So as promised, we are going to drop the new, the newest members of the 16-ounce canvas family, our next 12-pack of artists. So drum roll, please. And now, the newest members of the 16-ounce canvas family, our fourth 12-pack. We have Matt Lunig. Matt's done some work for some amazing musicians. He's also done work with DC Brow out of the DC area. Scrapedknee.com. We have Brett Neidhart. He is the head brewer over at OEC, right here in my backyard in Connecticut. We've got Nick Fulmer. He does work with Noble, Monkish, and a bunch of other great uh, breweries. You may have seen some of Nick's cool designs uh, beyond the ale as part of our 16-ounce doodle or die. So if you haven't got a chance to do that hashtag, it's still got some great stuff up there. Kim Kirby, she's part of the Young Athenians who do work with Creature Comforts out of Georgia. 
We got Dan Grizka. He does work with Hop Butcher. He also has done some really unique posters as part of Three Floyd's uh, Dark Lord Day each year. We have the tandem over at Magnificent Beard, who do work with Noble Ray Brewing. We have Earl Barrett Holloway from KCBC. Steve McDonald, Burlington Beer, another very unique one. Colin McSherry from Soleil. Sarah Headland from Topping Goliath. And last but certainly not least, from one of my favorite states in the Union, Will Sears, Oxbow of Northern Maine. So we are excited. We're already working on our fifth one. We don't stop. So here's something. If you're an artist, or maybe you're an artist that's been on the show before, put us in touch with some of your friends. Just make my life a little bit easier. You know, we, we would love that. But we're already reaching out to folks. We've got some great recommendations. A little shout-out to uh, Matthew Ryan Sharp, crew over there at Stupid Red Merch Company, celebrating their second anniversary. It's coming up soon, but Matt's uh, pointing me in direction of some new, new folks I need to be be hit with and so we're working on those also so thank you once again I want to thank uh, if you have a chance to check out that article mxessentials.com thank again Lauren Grimm wishing them nothing but the best we'll crush as many of their beers as I can especially since the the Berliners might not uh, be, be part of the new adventure but you have to grow you have to evolve and that's what we try to do each week here and so again thank them thanks to the Grimm's And thank you. Until next week, this has been the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Cheers. And now you will feel total serenity as the music takes over. So close your eyes. Relax. There's nothing in the world that can bring you down. Focus on your breathing. Follow with me now. In with the good. Out with the bad. Continue to do that for the next 47 minutes. And you'll either pass out or be completely relaxed. Thank you. Let the air take over your soul. God bless. And good night. And why are you still listening to this? Stop and pause.